Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Saints History, told and experienced the way God intended it, with excessive amounts of alcohol and cursing. The booze is probably bourbon because... Their alcohols are for rich women on diets. Now, here's your Drunk Saints History host who is... Bombed out of his gourd. All right, you paid for it, people. You donated, so you get it. Drunk history, and this is on my bucket list for, for saying drunk history. I have a bucket list of the people that I want for drunk history. I want Bobby A. Bear is number one, and <laughs> Buddy D. coming back from the dead is number two. But I think this guy might be number three. Uh, he's Jeff. You know him as Skooks on the internet. I talked to him. I said, Skooks, you want to do 91, 92 Saints history? And he's like, sure. So we're doing it tonight. So, uh, Jeff, how are you doing tonight? Hey, Ralph. I'm, you, don't know, you don't know how happy I am to do this. Like, this is, for, this is, this is my favorite show in New Orleans. This is my favorite show on the internet. You guys, uh, you know, the Thank one you. with the guy that smells like nougat at the beginning. and all that shit. It's, it's great. Uh, oh, but look, what, don't change, don't change the open, no, Ralph. Never. I'm too lazy. I'm too lazy. It's never happening. It's never happening. Yeah. And but, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. All right. So I told Jeff, you know, we, people that know, we, well, they listen to this in, in probably July or so, but we had technical issues in the, the podcast, the weekly one before. So I had to get ready. So I didn't drink a lot while I was making sure the technical, but I pounded like five shots and did two beers. So I'm I'm good and drunk because I don't cheat the I don't cheat the people. They paid good money for this, so I don't cheat them. <laughs> so that's what I'm drinking. I'm on my second strawberry beta, and I did about five shots. Jeff, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, well, I started off with uh, a couple, like half a bottle of wine with dinner, and there then I go. jumped to these nasty ass Abita uh, blueberries. Oh my god, you're 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 a glutton for punishment. So, um, Jeff, but I but now. I'm on- I'm on the Miller Lights now. I've graduated. You did so. one of you did one of the great things that I admire completely. Uh, you became internet famous, and the advocate tried to do a piece on you, and you were like, "Go pound!" Oh, you were like, "Go pound sand." Me, I did an interview today with a guy in Bucky's who recognized the podcast. I talked to him for thirty minutes. Like I would do an interview with a high school paper. So I admire you. That you're like, no, I'm gonna you you go play on sound. I'm just gonna do my own thing. I, I I'm I'm a fame whore. I, I'll do an interview with anybody. But t- t- tonight's tonight's <laughs> top tonight's topic is we're kind of merging them together. We're doing the 91, 92 Saints and Scooby Jeff. He was he's excited. He's like, I got all the papers from 1991, like all the sports pages from the day after the Saints game. And people who are young, Jeff, they don't realize that like in 1991, like you didn't have Twitter or the internet, like. The way that you thought about the Saints was you watched the game, you read the paper, you read Peter Finney, you listened to Jim Henderson's commentary, and you listened to Buddy D. And that was it. That was 
that, that was how the Saints were shaped. Like you didn't have like stats and this. Like it was crazy time. So I mean, no, no, you had to, you had to, you had to uh, take out your frustrations on the wall of your bedroom. <laughs> And then if, if you wanted to curse somebody out, you call Buddy D, and then they hit you with the seven-second delay. And then I don't know. I don't know what happens after that. And Buddy D, uh, one of the things that at the time I thought it was funny because I was a teenager, but it's really, it, wasn't, it really wasn't funny when I started work for him because he was dead serious about it. But he did this thing. When the Saints would have a crushing loss, he would say – he would be like, guys, calm down. Domestic violence goes up when the Saints lose. <laughs> and so you need to calm down. Punch a wall, do what you got to do, but don't do anything dumb. And I always thought that was hysterical when I was a teenager. But then as I got older, I was like, God damn, he's probably right. Um, but it was like, you know, Buddy D was like the voice. So 1991, let's get into it. Like the Saints were kind of in decline. Like they, they won in 87, they won 12 games, and then they won 10, and then they won 9, and then they won 8. So even though it was like the best the Saints had ever been by miles, like they were in this weird sort of decline phase. Kind of, you know, the thing about it is that they had, this was, they had put together this team that like you and I, we're, we're about, you're a little bit younger than I am, but this was the first team that like you had hopes for, you know, like if this was like uh, this nucleus of this team, like after bomb and with the first more years, uh, this was like you were hoping to see this these guys like learn to do it and graduate into being uh, a Super Bowl contender. And they 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 made everybody excited at first, like 87. And then they started to like level off. But this was their peak. Like this was these these years here we're hitting here. These 91, 92 were their peak. And so like, yeah, they were in decline. But you knew that they still had like potential in that yeah, window. Well, was still there. It wasn't like it was like. It wasn't necessarily like they were old, but like people were like, you know, when you're a coach and you go four straight years where you the win total goes down, people are getting antsy. And my mom screenshotted me a, a buddy decon from the Clarion Ledger where he's like, the 91, the pressure's on, Mora. Um, but this is a sidetrack that I was thinking today, Jeff. Uh, I know the, 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 the tearing down of the statues was a big summer thing in New Orleans. And, and I have another thing that I believe needs to come down. Jim Finks is... Uh, plate oh. in the in the dome needs to come down because trading oh. for Steve Walsh, while it isn't on par with Civil War generals and their atrocities against America, trading a one and a two and a three for a, another mediocre quarterback when you had one that you just could have signed really sort of almost destroyed yeah. the Saints any chance they had of winning. Absolutely. This is just the most overrated person in the whole city of New Orleans at that time is Finks. And I mean, maybe more or two, but like Finks at the time, this was all his doing. This, this team, that 90 team, like think about this, that 1990 season, you remember the New York Giants won the Super Bowl that year. And that Giants team was built a lot like these Saints teams were, right? Defensive teams running the ball. uh, And it was everything that you kind of like thought we did really well and made us a great team. And uh, we played that 90 season without a quarterback because of Jim Finks' fucking ego. And, it's unbelievable. I, and I can't – go ahead. I can't, yeah. ima- I, can't ima- I can't imagine today, like, what Twitter would – it would have been just a circus. Like, I can't even oh. – I can't. it was a circus then, but my God, it was – I mean, today it would just – we'd, we'd kill him. We'd, we'd, we'd it would have been nuts. We'd occupy the airline. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, I, I told you I had all these newspapers. I also have uh, Sports Illustrated from uh, October 1991. 
and that's got uh, Bobby on the cover. And they go into this in this article. They go into all the whole background of the holdout and you know how it played on Bobby and his family. And not a lot of people know this, but Abear had like a lot of personal tragedy that year that he yeah. that he held out. And uh, while that was going on, like a lot of the fans didn't know about this because, again, like you said, there's not like a whole lot of media exposure that you know every detail of everybody's life. But what what did happen was people like were writing hate mail to him, and like. You think about this, like, it's so easy for, like, you know, me or you to get drunk and, and, like, tweet it. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. And uh, Sean Payton, when we're pissed off, but like at the time you had to actually yeah, think. Yeah, to think like, it through. You had to like <laughs> sit down and like get an address and write a letter, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I mean... The thing was, people though they his agent Greg Campbell, people hated that guy. Like they like all the rage was pointing to him. So so Bobby comes back in ninety one. He signs a two year deal for I think like six million at the time, and he's back in like less than what he wanted. He wanted two million a year, and he didn't even get that. Yeah. So like uh, the funny thing was, I I got I had an oral history of Bobby. Abear's holdout, and I had everybody comp- everybody participated. Bobby Abear and Detillier, and I I sent them written questions, and they answered them, and I went back and forth with Mike Detillier. I went back and forth with Bobby Abear. I have all this great stuff from them, but I needed Jim Mora to to, <laughs> to give it to me, and he I asked him these these questions, and he's like, "Those are great questions." but I'm not going to answer them. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> I had this like great, it would have been my, it would have been my like best column ever. I would have done for channel four. And, he, and Jim, I was like, come on. I'm like, come on, Jim. He wouldn't do it. So anyway, I'm, and I am, I am bitter and I'm drunk now. I will admit. So 91, the saints, the saints, they go into the year and it's like, are they going to do well? Are they going to do this? But the thing was, like, that defense was just re- – like, we didn't realize it at the time, but, like, they had drafted Wayne Martin, and he was about to be awesome. Pat Swillen was just hitting his stride. Ricky Jackson was still awesome. The, the linebackers in the front center, Jim Wilkes, it was all, like, Warren. It was all, like, loaded and ready to go. Um, oh, you know, the thing about Frank – Frank Warren came back this year, too. This was his first year back from being suspended. Yeah. and they So, were, yeah. So they were loaded. And the thing is um, – is – the more I think about it, 91 was the year for them to do it. Because the NFC that year, Washington, the 91 Washington team, they were 
fucking awesome. And I think the NFL Network just rated them like the best team of the last like thirty years. That that team was oh. un that team was unbelievable. But the rest of the NFC was kind of trash because San Francisco didn't make the playoffs. Dallas wasn't good yet with Emmett Smith and like they they made the playoffs, but they weren't good yet. And Atlanta and the Saint like there was like. 91 was the year for the Saints. I don't think they would have made the Super Bowl, but they could have gone deeper into the playoffs, right? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. That, I mean, that first of all, that that defense was phenomenal in ways that like people don't even appreciate today. They, uh, they the, the the 91 defense was so good when I was doing my 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 third my uh my 17 things for uh for the for the um for the Saints 50th anniversary. Um, the 91 team, uh, they went a month where they didn't allow a fucking touchdown that defense. Right. It was four consecutive games. Yeah. And like we celebrate now, we're like the saints did not give up a touchdown in the first half. Let's throw a parade. You know, I mean, right. Um, it, and, and if you clean the bye week, it was like I mean, six, the- six weeks without a touchdown because they did it around a bye, which is unbelievable. Right. Right. That and like, I mean, the game is different today and all, so it's kind of hard to like say that you could even have that kind of, like that kind of that kind of statistical thing. But it was still dominant. It was just amazingly was, dominant. Their secondary was their secondary was terrible, and they still crushed teams. And and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want to. I want to. We'll get into it a little bit later. But I. I, yeah. I think their window shut on them, and we as fans didn't realize it, and they kind of realized it because they had drafted Craig Hayward and they would draft Von Dunbar in 92. I think looking back at it, the Saints window to win closed when Dalton Hilliard hurt his knee in 1990. Because Jim Mora, all the guy wanted to do was let his awesome defense be awesome, run the ball, and kick field goals and win games. And he never had a good running back when the Saints hit their peak. You know? Um... Because Dalton Hilliard was phenomenal in '89, where he had like almost 2,000 yards of uh, of rushing. Let me, Jeff. Who do you think led the Saints in rushing in 1991? Uh, was it Gil Fennerty or was it uh, Fred McAfee? It was Fred McAfee, but Gil Fennerty was second. Fred McAfee led the Saints with 494 yards rushing. <laughs> on a team that was dying to run the ball and play defense. Their leading rusher couldn't even crack 500 yards. Yeah, but they also they couldn't they couldn't keep a running back healthy that year either. That's no. how that, that that's how that happened. Yeah. Like Hilliard yeah. got hurt and was wasn't really he was never his like you said he was never his himself again after the 89, yeah. and he was in and out, and then Hayward, Hayward was, was in, in and, and out. out, and uh, they they had to call Buford Jordan oh, back yeah. a couple of times. Yeah, they did, and uh, and then um, yeah, so then they found Fred McAfee because this was his rookie year. Um, like midway through the season, but yeah, they didn't. It more wanted to grind the clock out on everybody, and you can't do that if you if you don't have a hammer, right? Yeah. And and that's what their problem was. The, yeah. Those couple yeah. years, if they'd had they if they had uh, Emmett Smith on those teams or somebody you know with durability, uh, who could just play, who was a who was a great running back you could trust. Uh, that you know, maybe we'd be looking at a title there. Yeah. So let's get into the game. So they start the year, and this is back when I had, right. I was at going to every game. So they start the year against Seattle, and um, yes, and looking at the box score, I can't. I I remember. I I did remember this game. Um, 
the, Gil Fennerty had a 50-yard pass from Abe, but the, the play that I really remember was <laughs> was Pat Swilling doing an interception. The Saints led the Saints led 17 to nothing. But yep. if you're my age and Jeff Aids age, you know that like back then, like <laughs> no lead was safe with the Saints. Man, you had <laughs> you had scars. You were like 17 to nothing. Please, this is not like you were in. You were constantly in a state of panic. And actually, the bigger the lead got, the more you panicked. <laughs> There's plenty of time left, bro. There's always yeah, plenty of time left. Plenty of time. So the Saints are up 20 to 7, and then Craig hits uh, Blades and John Casey for the Seahawks. Kicks a field goal. Mm-hmm. The same John Casey that would – is that right? The same John Casey that yep. would kick for the it, Saints later, you know? Yep. And uh, what was that? He kicked for the Saints in 2011, didn't he? Yeah, and I think John Carney shows up in this season too, Ralph. So yeah, yeah there's all these people. We they're old, we're old. So then the Saints go ahead. <laughs> the Saints go ahead. The Saints go behind twenty-four to twenty on a Bobby A. Bear interception. And let me tell you, we'll get into this later. Bobby A. Bear was not a good quarterback, and I will go to my grave saying that. Although Bobby, if you're listening, I'll come on the podcast. Come on the drunk podcast. I'll be really nice to you. I'll be, but but you're not that good of a quarterback. <laughs> So, so they're so like this is like the this is like a classic Saints foldorama, right? Right, Jeff. It's like fuck. Yeah. But a bear leads them down, and they score with like ten seconds left. He hits Floyd Turner, and I, I like I I've been dying to write this in my column for like two years, but the Saints can't win the goddamn opener. Like there is there is there is no better feeling, I think in your football season than when you start with the home opener and you win because you walk out of the stadium and the possibilities are endless. Like anything is possible because you're one and oh, you're like fucking a, you know, and it just feels great. People are excited walking out of the, the walk. It's just like, it's the best feeling. And, and that I can remember that game, even though I was like 15, it was like the, it's like the best feeling Jeff. So do you remember this part about this game? So uh, after after a bear hits Floyd Turner and everybody's excited, Craig is out of the game with a broken thumb. He goes out of the. I forgot about. I forgot about that. So Craig breaks his thumb midway through the fourth quarter, and the Seahawks have another chance to get into field goal range, and they're there. And there's this disputed play, and Craig with his broken thumb runs out on the field to yell at the referee. (laughs) And incurs an unsportsmanlike penalty that pushes him back about out, that. and that's how they lost the game to that, was it, was that day. Was Jeff Kemp? Was that Jack Kemp's kid? Yeah, yes, it was. Oh Jeff my God, Kemp. Jack Kemp, the former former congressman and vice presidential <laughs> candidate. It's right, right, right. <laughs> oh my God! So the Saints win, and you know they're like, you know, they maybe they deserved it, maybe not, but but uh, then they they were like. The next game, they were, like, beat up, too. Like, I, I want to say, like, Eric Martin and Sam Mills. They were missing, like, a bunch of dudes. And, um, and it, but I remember listening to the pregame show uh, with, like, I would listen to the pregame show, even though they were on the road and the, the radio. And, my you know, my mom, to, like, bond with her, her son, she she started going to the games and she became a big Saints fan. And I remember listening to the game and they're like, if you start 2-0, and you have, like, a 65% chance of making the playoffs or something. And... Uh, my mom was like, that's not true, whatever. If they lose, it's not that big a deal. And then, uh, so they go to the Kansas City, and 
Kansas City had a good defense too, a great defense too. And that game in, in Arrowhead, they had the old Astro. That game was just like a fucking war. I watched it. I, f- I found it today, and I was watching the second half of it at work. And uh, <laughs> that game was just like the Saints were just. That defense was just. They started rolling. They got up seventeen to nothing again. Bobby Abey was actually really good in the game. He's nineteen of twenty-seven for two set two eleven and two touchdowns. Uh, Eric Martin. They they hit Eric Martin on a touchdown. They hit Quinn er- Quinn Early, who was they had gotten from like like people that don't know this. They, they, the NFL to try to stave off not having free agency. They came up with like Plan B, where like you could protect certain people on your roster, and the rest were like free agents that other teams could sign. So the Saints got Quinn Early from Plan B, and he was like really good. Uh, so they went up seventeen. What did what did you remember? I remember like a hundred year old Steve Deberg playing in that game. I forgot. I forgot how old and decrepit he was watching it today. Yeah, what I remember about this game is that uh, you know, first of all, like the Saints had never been two and zero before. Yes. And the lead up to the game was everybody talking about how important it was to be two and zero. And and you're right, it was a, a a brutal game. And a lot for me going back through this stuff is remembering just how brutal football was. Oh my god. Uh, and oh people don't like we we talk about like concussions and player safety now, and it's, it's only because like people are more cognizant of it. And it is uh, that was such a different game back Dude, then. I but, remember when I was a kid, when Saints players would get concussions, I'd be like, "Cool, that's a concussion and not a knee or whatever. They won't be out right? that long." Like that's what you <laughs> thought. Like that's how you thought. You're like, "Ah, it's a concussion. He can play next week." Now you're like, right. "Now you're there, like, oh, a game, damn. there's a there's a game during this season." Where in the uh, I think it was the Eagles game, but after the game, oh, a bear was concussed during the game, slurred his words a bit during the after the post game press conference, like like it was no big deal, you know? Yeah, I'd be like, oh, he'll play next week, he's fine. So then right. they um they play the Rams, and the Rams had always like the Saints would go to L.A. and look good, but at home they would always lose it, and they just fucking throttled the Rams, like beat their ass, and that's when I was like, oh. This team, this is this is something different here, and it, it was it was a Sunday night game. And if you're of a certain age, you remember in 1989, that's when it all fell apart for Bobby Abair. The Saints, Flipper Anderson had like 400 yards receiving, and the Saints totally collapsed. And they end up going uh, nine and seven. If they win that game against the Rams, they would have made the playoffs. Everything would have been different. So yeah. the Rams, the Rams at home was like a bugaboo, and the Saints just just. Basically, the Saints were like a bow constrictor. They would just grab you and choke you to death. Slow. Yeah. So if you want to hear some numbers from this, uh, I, they <laughs> they they sacked Jim Everett five times. Uh, Everett was six out of seventeen for seventy-one yards a whole game, uh, and he didn't complete any passes to a wide receiver until the last three minutes of a game. Their only score was a fifty-nine inter- fifty-nine yard interception from Jerry Gray, who at that time was like forty <laughs> years old. Um, Craig Hayward had two touchdowns, though. That was fun. Um, they had, the Rams had six first downs in the game. Like, the Saints just... <laughs> but And then, the next game was the game where you knew it... After this game, you knew it was on. You knew... this. You were like, this is the, this is the year, baby. Because Minnesota, they owned the Saints. Like, they crushed them in that playoff game, and they would crush them in other games. Like, this, the, Minnesota owned the Saints. And the Saints beat 
them fucking down, Jeff. I remember, like, that. I was, my mom was like, you need to calm down. I was so excited during that game. Like, yeah, you know, I don't know if people realize the significance of beating Minnesota in the NFC Championship. It was, oh. Uh, because of this entire history that they had with the Saints. Like, first of all, they beat us in our first ever playoff game. Yeah. They beat the shit out of us. And then they continued to beat the shit out of us for like four like consecutive games. There's like a, a 44 to 10, 45 to 3, 32 to 3. And then uh and then this game where like you you're ready to get the monkey off your back. And and yeah, you go ahead and talk about this because it's it was it, it felt really good. Fun, fun, fun facts from this game. Minnesota, 151 total yards. Wade Wilson, former Saints quarterback, <laughs> 11 of 22. But this I didn't know until just now when I clicked on it. Rich Gannon, one of three. <laughs> Did you know? I didn't even realize Rich Gannon played for the fucking Vikings. Yeah, he came in and got a beating too. So the Saints are 4-0. and Wait, wait, look. Before you go on, look, this was a 26 to nothing shutout. The Vikings did not cross the 50-yard line. It's great. It's great. Like, that de- that defense, like, rooting for defense is different. Like, I'm not going to say the 91 teams were – they weren't They weren't even in the, the same league as the Drew Brees Saints because the Drew Brees Saints, they won a Super Bowl in playoffs. But rooting for defense is different, and it's almost like like – being a fan of like an indie rock band or being a fan of jazz, like you only appreciate it because it's like, it's just so different. And you're like, you, you just appreciate different things, but I'm so glad that I got to see that because it made me understand defense and like, as a little nerdy kid, like dive into it and understand the three, four and the four, three and blitzing here, blitzing there, because that's what the saints did. And that's what the saints were awesome at. You didn't give a shit about offense. You're just like, just score 17 points and be done with it. You wanted to watch defense. I remember as a kid, like being locked on Pat Swilling and Ricky Jackson, like just seeing them explode and be like, yes, they're destroying teams. Like, it's just, it's just a different thing, Jeff. And, and it, you know, what else it did, I think it conditioned people like of our age to like, understand football as just this like several hours of stress you know yes. and it's like like it's it's not this isn't i mean we have fun watching the games don't get me wrong but like the the way to really experience it is just to know that there's just this is a war and you're feeling terrible and the yeah. worst thing could happen at any time and thank god it's over and it's, yeah. it's like this hour like an afternoon of catharsis yeah that's what that's what football is supposed so, to feel like so get out the week 5 headline for the paper for Atlanta because the Atlanta okay. game I don't know if it's the highlight of that year but it very well might be like they <laughs> they wrecked Atlanta doesn't it have yeah, like doesn't it have like perfect September or something on the it's the, a, it actually says a super September oh, because yeah. they're going to edit themselves obviously um but yeah they yeah every everything was looking good and 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 they were really excited I think they they first of all the Falcons figure into the season Hugely, which is another yeah. big team oh, here, yeah. but but anyway, they uh, you know they beat the crap out of him. They sacked Chris Miller five times. Uh, uh, Ricky Jackson had some fun quotes in this paper. Uh, he's like uh, he was up against Chris Hinton, um, <laughs> and after the game, and here's another thing: you were talking about Plan B free agency, and we were t- started this talking about Abra's contract. There's a lot of subtext in this season about. Uh, you know, the players feeling like they're not treated well by management. And there's like a lot of people complaining about contracts and shit. 
And Jackson, Ricky Jackson, after this game, says, you know, about Chris Hinton, you know, for all the money that guy makes, he ought to be able to block me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like people don't remember, like players, there was no free agent, so players would hold out and, like, not have a contract. So, like, and I remember, like, this, like, the the contract was like, oh, my God, they signed Vaughn Johnson for four years, $4.4 million. I know it's, like, 25 years ago or whatever, but, like, the, the teams just had to be, I mean, I know they print money now, but they must have, like, printed money and just burned it for fun. They made so much money. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and, and I've become, as I've become older, Jeff, I am, my attitude with football players is get whatever the fuck you can. Because you are sacrificing your body for my Sunday entertainment. Like, I don't begrudge players for anything. I don't. And I'm like, right. like, Ma- like when the Saints were going after Malcolm Butler, I was like, Malcolm, you get $60 million out of Loomis. You go. And that's how I am. And like, I just, that, that's the way I feel about football. Other sports, not so much. But this game, the one thing I remember about this game is Floyd Turner dragging Dion into the end zone. <laughs> yeah, Floyd Turner was, was a hell of a football player for a couple of years, man. Uh, what did he, uh, he, I think he like broke a leg or something yeah. eventually, but he was a, uh, an undrafted free agent, I think. And he did, and he, had, him, he, and was, he was like. A couple years, he was just amazing. He was kind of like a he was kind of like Devery Henderson, a little bit better. He was the deep guy. Um, Dalton Hilliard had a sixty-five yard run, but this was back when I mean the Saints Atlanta rivalry, the Super Bowl has brought it, I think, back to the nineteen ninety level of hatred. But this yeah. was this was back when Atlanta was trash and the Saints didn't have the the stadium sold out with season tickets. So that game had like 40,000 Saints fans in the stadium. So like by the third quarter, like it was all Saints fans, you know? Yeah. And people, people still talk about this, but like this was the heyday of Saints and Falcons fans, like getting on the bus and going and mass to each other's stadiums. Yeah. Did you just Um, break a glass? Yep. I sure did (laughs) drop something. I, the hell that is. I just did another shot. Uh, things are starting to slur. If, I think probably the rest of this podcast, Jeff, if I call you Skooks, just go with it. It's just going to happen. So the I Saints see. are 5-0. and oh. The Saints were actually a two-and-a-half-point favorite for you gambling degenerates out there. Um, and, like, they're a bye week. And the Saints had gone, like, they're 5-0. and oh, and, and you're looking around, and the Washington was still really good then. But you were like, the Saints are fucking rolling. So they come off the bye and th- then they played uh, Philadelphia. And Philadelphia that year Randall Cunningham had gotten hurt. But they still yeah. but they still had their kick-ass defense. But they had no quarterback. Like none at all. Right. You know, um, th- this funny thing is that Randall Cunningham got hurt and Joe Montana was out this year. Which is like a whole nother thing. Yeah. Like, That's why we're like that's why the Saints like feel like they're in contention all year because Montana's yeah. out and the 49ers are dealing with that. But then Cunningham had blown up his knee, and they're playing against uh, I think fucking Brad Gable was the starting quarterback. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. They played like Brad Gable. They had McMahon. They had Pat Ryan. But this is fucking amazing. The Saints what? had 98 yards passing in this game, and they won it. <laughs> Philadelphia had six turnovers. That helps. Um, well, that's these are the, the those talk about brutal. Like these are the two defenses that would beat everybody up. 
They would like, just the be, defenses were the same as the Saints defenses. They nobody wanted to play either. Bobby Aver, Bobby Aver actually got hurt, and this is where his shoulder started to go. Like because yep. Steve Steve, Wal- Steve Walsh came in and was just eight of seventeen and was just atrocious. Steve Walsh was always a tr- like like if if you if you if you like reading sports books, read uh, the Boys Will Be Boys by Jeff. Uh, I think it's Jeff Pearson. It's a or it's a history of the Dallas Cowboys. Jimmy Johnson, he drafted Steve Walsh because he wasn't sure if Aikman was good. And after two practices, he brought in his coaches and was like, listen to me. Steve Walsh is not a good enough NFL quarterback. His arm sucks. From now on, (laughs) when you talk to the press, you are going to say how awesome Walsh looks in practice. How he looks better than Aikman, and he might be the starting quarterback. And we're going to trade his ass to some stupid team. And he brought in Aikman and was like, look, Troy, you're my guy. I understand it. You're my guy now. But but you're going to read all this stuff in the press about how Walsh looks awesome. Don't believe it. It's all bullshit. We're going to trade him off and get picks. And along came the Saints later. Uh, and Fucking they, Jim Finks. Jim Finks, and they got him. So, so this, but the Saints, they won, man. I mean, those that, that game, and the, and, the, and the vet was like, this awful stadium with like this awful astrof that would like end players' careers, like Wendell Davis for LSU. Like the vet was just fucking terrible. Like it was a great, it was kind of fun for the fans because they were mean and yell. But for like for like the players, like the union should have like said to the NFL, like you can't make us play at the vet. Like that's how awful it was. Yeah, it was garbage. Um. So, uh, the Saints, they win there, and uh, they're uh. They're they're six and zero. Then they play Tampa, and it's just weird. It's just weird. Like li- looking at all these teams with these uh, these quarterbacks, and you're like, oh my god, I I I uh, I forgot that he played like Chris Chandler played for Tampa, you know? Yeah. And uh, Tampa back then, Tampa was bad, but the cream sickle uniforms are magnificent. I don't care. Let- what, I don't care what anybody says. I loved them. I, uh, th- this is here's two things about these these two two weeks, right? Uh, First of all, the, the Tampa game, the funny thing about the paper that week is all of the Saints, all of Tampa players are saying about uh, how um, how how many compliments they got from the Saints. <laughs> about how Y'all are a really good one in six team is what they kept telling them. Yeah. And they were, it was almost like they were like proud of that. Like, yeah, we're not bad. We're a good one in six team. Uh, but the Saints just brutalized them. They brutalized them. Um, Look at the over under in that game was 32. Yeah, God. it was ridiculous. And the Saints were a 13-point favorite. And the over-under was 32. And the thing was, like, if you bet the under, you won. Like, it was 23-7. Like, man, Vegas, they were smart. But anyway. And look, also, this is a big turning point in the season. You mentioned that Bear's shoulder was going out. Uh, another couple things started to happen. And before the Eagles game started, like a couple minutes before the game started, they announced that uh, Ironhead Hayward had been sent back to New Orleans. Oh, I forgot about that. Because he was involved in some kind of thing, like where the, these women were accusing him of an assault, and I don't even know how that like worked out. Because he came back, so I don't know. Um, but but that happened, and then uh, uh, Bobby Abair also got concussed in the game, and then after the game, Andre Waters and Eric Martin get into a fight. Is that Philadelphia? That's Philadelphia. Yeah, Andre- Philadelphia. Oh yeah, Waters yeah. was one of the dirtiest motherfuckers yeah. ever to play in the NFL. Uh, after the game, after the final gun, comes up behind Eric Martin and like bonks him in the head, and then they go at it for like another five minutes. Here and here's the thing with Eric Martin: like Eric Martin, his whole thing because back in the '90s, man, like 
nowadays receivers can go over the middle and you can't hit them and and it's probably it's for the best like you can't have concussion in the 90s man teams would decapitate people i remember the saints were like jerry rice would go over the middle and be like they're going to get a penalty because they're going to decapitate jerry rice to like send a message to not come over the middle and eric martin's whole thing was like he goes over the middle and he just did it and and he, I remember that. Like, I, if that happened today, man, Twitter would just. Exp- I think Roger Goodell would have suspended the Saint. Like, it would have been cr- like first. Like, ESPN would have done a special first take episode on the Andre <laughs> Waters Eric Martin fight. I, I miss yep. the '90s, Jeff. I miss it. It was, it was fun. I, I, it was brutal. It, it's, some, it, it's really eye-opening, and I know you've been watching uh, some of these uh, games on YouTube, I guess. But like. I mean, just the hits on the quarterbacks, like oh everything. Like, oh, that's a penalty. That's a penalty. No, oh, it was just, he got his bell rung. All right, fine. Get up and do the next play. I don't know what we were thinking back then. Like, uh, but anyway. Yeah. Um, then they yeah. played Chicago. They're seven and zero, and that they lost this game, man. It was a fucking. They 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 needed like they they had like they were winning the whole way. And they needed a yard at the end, and they couldn't get it. And fucking Jim Harbaugh was 5 of 22 in the game. <laughs> <laughs> and the Saints couldn't run the ball for shit, so Bear's throwing the ball over the place. He threw 30. Like, he's 27 of 39, which for Drew Brees is fine, but for Bear, that's bad. But he was actually pretty good, but he got sacked three times. And the Saints just, <laughs> they, lose, they lose like on a fucking heartbreaker. Like, they hit Tom Waddle. Uh, with like I want to say like eight seconds left, Brad Muster, yes. Brad Muster scored a touchdown, which he he the Saints gave him a huge contract later, and he, I don't think he ever played a fucking down for the Saints. Um, you know, no, he spent the whole fucking time on the bicycle. The bike, yeah. Was, Buddy D would be like, Brad Muster and Tootie Robbins are on the bicycle. It's the to- <laughs> it's the Tour de la Crosse, Jeff. The Tour de la Crosse. <laughs> here's how here's how much of a nerd I was, and I would tape. Buddy D, and listen to it after again because I loved it so much. Like, <laughs> like I told Buddy D when I was his producer, I was like, if you would have told fifteen year old me that I got to produce Buddy D's show, I'd be like, I've made it. I like I have I have I have accomplished my life's goal. You know, so like 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 I didn't make any money. I was making like seven dollars an hour, like producing Buddy's show. Like people think radio people make money they don't like none of the off-air people do but it was awesome to sit and listen to buddy d but i just remember like buddy d like the total the the total lacrosse because that saints would go to lacrosse wisconsin to train (laughs) yeah so so they lose and they're seven and one and um oh shit also ditka after this game was so fucking fired up oh yeah yeah, he was like, "That's a great game. They're hitting, and they're a good team, and we're a good team." I love this game, like, but it was true, like, it was a it was a made to order, like, Dick a special, you know? Like, it was the best game he ever saw in his life, or some shit. Yeah, it was, it it was, was uh, because the Bears were six and one, and the Saints were seven and zero, oh, and that was and that was back when, like, when John Madden and Pat Summerall did your game. It was like, oh boy, that's it's it was the equivalent of like being on Monday night, mm-hmm. you know? So then they go. Uh, out to LA and they win and they they win uh, twenty four to seventeen and you're like uh, everything is fine I think but it, it is but, but yeah this is where like the injuries start to yeah. really get him right yeah so they they start Steve Walsh at the last minute like he yeah. was a game day decision um, they're out of running backs entirely like the the running backs were Buford Jordan and Craig Hayward the whole game yeah. 
And uh, and then Dalton Hilliard was on uh, injured reserve, which didn't put him out for the year at the time. You could bring but him back, yeah. Like you know, like this is this is how brutal it, it yeah. was. Like the Saints, Buford this, this had, team, this is the story. Of this Buford, Buford Jordan had fourteen carries. He was the lead. He was he got the most carries in the game. Him him and Craig Hayward had fourteen carries each. I mean, when you're when when Buford Jordan is your featured back, I mean that's. That's the equivalent of like 2010 Julius Jones getting carries in the playoff <laughs> game. You know, the dude who smoked cigarettes before the game is, is getting carries and scoring a touchdown. Um, no, don't get me wrong, though. We loved you for Jordan. We loved him. It's, but you just don't, but, you want you don't want him being your feature back, you know? Right. I mean, right. I mean, it's, a, it's a bad scene. So the Saints, they win. But then it's, then the Saints were like, look, we are, uh, we're 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 eight and one. Uh, we're shutting down Bobby Aver, and they go into next week. And and San Francisco, they've lost Joe Montana, and they're starting uh, Steve Bono. Uh, <laughs> but and they're like four and six, so they're like a mess. Um, you know. Um, so you're like, but that game, that game, the the the, the thing that people, the, the dome caught fire. That was the game the dome caught fire. Yeah, that's the game where they had the fireworks. And then, uh, like the second, there's a halftime fireworks show. Yep. And in the second half, like the the whole the CBS cameras are all on this this dude trying to put out the, the fire out. YouTube, <laughs> it's on YouTube. You can find it. <laughs> now, now I'm drunk, Ralph. Yeah. But yeah, that, really that, that that was amazing. So, so, so go to YouTube. It's, it's awesome. I. I if if I wasn't lazy, I'd probably plug in the audio and let us like John Madden was so excited because the dude came out and like dumped the Gatorade on and he's using the Telestrator. <laughs> but like like and it was like the lead and that was back with like ESPN like they had like like watching their primetime show with Chris Berman was like the D, and you're like oh man the Saints won so you're happy and you're like are we gonna be the first thing and this I think the Saints were like the first thing on that and it was like the thing caught fire but it, another thing it was ten to three dude it was like a brutal. Fucking, that was the final score. Yeah, like it was a like, <laughs> like, like, um, you know, the Saints, the San Francisco had three turnovers. San Francisco had 215 yards offense. The Saints had 190. The Saints ran 32 times for 80 yards. Walsh was 10 of 25. Like it was just, it was just like a, like a, like a, like. You you watched it and you said it was enjoyable because you liked watching defense, but it's like watching a bow constrictor strangle a goat to death. You know, it is. Um, Matt Taibbi has this great line about like what he thinks that football should be about. It's like it's about um, it's just about a long, slow death. It is like that's that's a football game. It's like George Carlin used to say. You know, baseball is like you want to go home. We're gonna run. It's gonna be fun. Football is about yards and bombs and dominating the line of scrimmage and it's played in war memorial stadium you know <laughs> uh the, and the, the, you know the football is about taking the injured off the field you know it's just football is football is brutal and football in the 90s was like fucking just brutal but i mean this i mean the saints like fred this is when they like they're like fuck it, Fred McAfee. You're 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 going in there. He he rushed sixteen for sixteen for sixty one. Fred McAfee, young Fred McAfee, not special teams ace Fred McAfee. Young Fred McAfee was fast and could run, but he also fumbled all the fucking time. Yep. You know, so, and that's obvious from these from these uh, from these uh, sports pages. I I I, I, rem- I remember thinking. 
my memory was, wow, Fred McAfee was really impressive. I remember how much we were really excited about Fred McAfee. And then I'm reading every story. I'm like, oh, he fumbled again. Yeah, they were injured. I remember a more a press conference after and he just like they had no running backs. And he's just I remember him like he was like Mora. He has all the great sound bites. The practice one. If go to Google and Google Jim Mora, Kansas City scrimmage. That's his best rant. Forget playoffs. Forget the one with Swoboda. No, that's the one where he goes. He, they practice with Kansas City, and they just look fucking terrible. And a guy, like, blew out his knee. And uh, Mike Hosk asked him, do, do you take into account that you missed, you were missing a bunch of starters during the scrimmage? He's like, Mike, I don't take into account shit. I take into account <laughs> we got our ass fucking kicked, and you can put that on TV. And it's just, it's magnificent. Go to YouTube, Google it. It's the best two minutes of your life. And I am shit. I am shit faced like a motherfucker. So the Saints, that game, they're like, they're just. It's just you know, it's just it's brutal. And I remember, but Jim McAfee, Jim Moore, after the game, he one of the games, he was like Fred McAfee. He's just like he was exasperated. He was like he's like he's like Fred's got to stop fumbling because he didn't have anybody else to go to. They had to play no, McAfee, was- and, and he and he's like McAfee could be really good. He's just gotta stop fumbling. So. They they beat San Francisco. You're like they're nine and one. You're like fuck. We're winning the division. We're getting a bye. We are fucking. San Francisco doesn't have Joe Montana. We can get a bye. We go to RFK and win one game. Fuck it. You know, like this is the this is like the peak of '91. Like you're feeling great. Then they go to San Diego and they lose to San Diego. And San Diego, like San Diego back then, was just you know they were fucking terrible. They were three and eight. You know. And um, um, they had like Marion Butts was on the team. I'm trying to think. I can't even remember who. They, John Freeze was their quarterback. I can't even like that sounds right. like a, that sounds like a like a like a bat like a like a villain in a Batman knockoff movie. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so like this this stretch you're about to talk about like these are these games where like uh the Saints play well enough to win and then they find ways to lose these. Yeah, they had four like, turn, four, four turnovers and a shit ton of penalties and that no, you know, they you know, you look at that guy, five of thirteen on third down. They had the ball for ten more minutes in Sandy, but they just like found ways to like fuck it up. You know? Mm-hmm. And I, I think I think, you know, they're winning twenty one fourteen. I, I wanna say the last two Chargers scores like were directly related to turnovers. You know? Um, yeah, so I think so. I think like it got tied, and Steve Walsh was driving them down and threw a pick, and and they're just like it's frustrating because even though they're beat up to hell, you're like, God damn it, they they need to like they need to pull this together, you know. And then this is when it starts getting really the the you you know they're in full on decline because they play Atlanta on a Monday night, not a Monday a Sunday night, Sunday night, Sunday night. I'm I'm at this game. I'm by the way, this too. is. Yeah, this was the fucking. Uh, this is where like it started. People started getting in their feelings about stuff. Yeah, they uh-huh. lose. They lose, and they 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 won the turnover battle. Um, you know, say Atlanta had four turnovers. This well, game, look, look. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say this game has the greatest trick play in Saints history. The <laughs> okay, it's not you, you describe this. And I'll tell you why I'm pissed off about this game. But, but go ahead. This greatest—it's it's, it's the greatest trick play in Saints history, and it's not even—it's not even a debate. If you—if you, if you want to argue with me, I will—I will—I will, <laughs> hold on. I'm going to finish my beer. That's good. So, so 
Greatest trick play in Saints history. The Saints, Steve Walsh is playing. He's the backup quarterback, right? Steve Walsh fakes an injury. They bring in Mike Buck. So everybody's like, fuck, the Saints, they're 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 gonna run the, the third string quarterback. They're just gonna hand off. They run a fucking flea flicker with Mike Buck for 61 yards to Floyd Turner. It would have been the greatest trick play maybe in NFL history if he had scored, but he didn't score. But the Saints ended up getting so like the dome went fucking bananas. Like it's not it's not bananas like Gleason blocking a punt. But in like regular game, regular big game bananas, regular season, like it's in the top five for the dome. I think after that, it, it, it's it was a it was a great play and a great moment that everybody remembers. But it's like by just the fact that they did that was more or less an admission that look, Steve Walsh can't throw the ball. <laughs> he like, can't. We like we know we, we want to throw a deep ball, and the only way we're gonna do this is we're gonna we're gonna pretend like we're gonna pretend like this this dude is hurt, so we can bring the guy with the arm in to just to heave one, um, and that's exactly what it looked like, and that's what everybody was thinking after after it happened. And he, Walsh came right back in the game and didn't even admit it after after the game. They did not admit they're like no that this, no he was, he was, yeah, he was, it, was a, it was a it was a it was a contusion. You know, and, and and you look at the stat. You look at the stats, and you're like, "How the fuck did the Saints?" Fred McAfee, 28 rushes, 138 yards. How in the fuck did they lose this football game? But of course, uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you how they lost. I say you. You tell the people how they lost. I'm gonna go to my refrigerator and get another beer. So you're gonna have to talk for like 25 seconds. <laughs> That's fine. Look, this is another fucking. Jim Moore game. This was a typical Jim Moore game. Uh, so here, the game. First of all, it goes into overtime, and the Saints get into what you think is like field goal range. They get into about a. There's like Morton Anderson is set up for like a 55 yard field goal, basically. And but by the way, this is Morton Anderson, who Hall of Fame, who Pete also made a 60 yard field goal against Chicago earlier in the season, and uh, is indoors in his home stadium. Moore elects not in overtime to put the game away. 55 yard Moore elects not to let Anderson kick this field goal and instead punts. The punt's great. The punt goes to the Atlanta two and everybody's all like, okay, well, I guess that's fine. Uh, except for the next goddamn play is a 57 yard pass uh, to Michael Haynes and the Falcons are in business and they just do a couple more plays and it's Norm Johnson to send everybody home. Yeah. And it's this is this is where the Jim Moore thing starts to really like wear on people. Where it's like uh, there's it's just not aggressive enough. Uh, like we we got a chance yep. to like put the game away in front of the hometown team uh, crowd hated, on hated rival. Uh, and they just pass on this great opportunity. Yeah, and this it, is when the the, sec- the secondary injuries start to hit too. Oh God! Yeah, you know, because- like. Ralph, I, you guys were talking last week or so about how bad the, the the secondary injuries are with the Saints last year. This is the same fucking thing. But like it's this, in, but yeah. But it, but but the, the, the twenty sixteen team, like it all happened like within like a game and a half. This happened yeah. like after Thanksgiving, and it totally wrecked them. Like they had sort of had to play like Benny Thompson. He had to play at safety this game. And Toy Cook broke his four. Like, and their secondary, the, the 91 Saints secondary was 
the safeties were okay, but the corners were fucking terrible. And they were terrible when they were healthy. Much less, like, picking guys off the street, right? Yeah, well, you know, they they did pick off a lot of passes. Like, they were in, in this probably just because their pass rush is so dominant. Yeah. But I was, I was looking at this, and I was thinking, like, oh, I remember how terrible those defensive backs were until, I, you know, I'm like, well, they had, like, they led the league in interceptions. Um, like, how did they fucking do that? And it's just, it's because they cr- crush quarterbacks all day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at, um, I mean, they had, Pat Swillen had 17 sacks. Ricky Jackson had 11 and a half. Frank Warren had seven. Wayne Martin, he was, he was getting really good, but he, he didn't quite hit his, he wasn't near his peak yet. But I mean, that team had 50 sacks. I mean, I'd give my spleen for 50 sacks this year, Jeff. <laughs> I would, I'd be like, I don't need it. I don't need it. I'd take 40. I'd give my spleen for 40. God damn, 50. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's just, um, it's just, and then inter- interceptions, it's just, tw- I mean, um, 29, 29 interceptions. God, that defense was so good. So, so they're like, that, that, walking out of that stadium, then you were like, oh boy, this is, this is not, because you lost to Atlanta and you're like, oh shit, is Bobby? They, because then it dawned on everyone. Because we, we, I think we thought that like this defense is so good, we don't need a quarterback. We just Steve Walsh cannot fuck it up, and we'd be fine. After you lost to Atlanta, you were like, they they need Bobby Aber to come back. And then the next week they go to San Francisco, and by this time, like San Francisco's like figured it out, and is and is it is winning again, you know. And they're back above 500, and they beat the Saints 38 to six. What did you remember about this game? I was trying to find this oh. game on YouTube, but I, I was unsuccessful. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about this game. First of all, uh, yeah, Bono, who like they shut down entirely the first time, ends up throwing for like 347 yards yeah. the second time around. Uh, they, uh, they 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 lose another defensive back. They lose Vince Buck with the neck injury. Oh, then they uh, lose another defensive back. They lose Reggie Jones. Yeah. Um. And uh. So the but for somehow they're still in the game. They're in the game until yeah. like the last thirty seconds of the game. And Steve Walsh is something dumb, right? Yes. That's is so they're they're driving and they're like almost in the field goal range and Walsh goes to clock the ball and uh he cocks his arm back and the ball comes flying out the back of his hand. And, <laughs> Instead of jumping on the ball, he stands there and like continues to like move his arm forward, like to like he was trying to clock it or something. Yes. Yeah. And nobody believes him, and the 49ers are running the other way with the ball, and they go all the way down to the one, and that's basically how the game ends. Yeah. And what's what's really interesting about this is like, and we've talked about at the beginning, like how this there's this subtext and the drama with A Bear versus Finks, and there's a lot of like. There's a lot of like uh, you know sympathy for A Bear, especially from uh, like Pat Swilling and Ricky Jackson. They loved also- him. They they let's be let's be real. They loved him. Like Pat they loved Bobby and they hated Finks. They yes. Hate- and yeah. so like there's this quote from Ricky Jackson. I, I'm trying to see if I can find it, but I, I'll just paraphrase it. It's like you know Ricky Jackson says about that play. He's like, look, I could say something, but I'm gonna get in trouble. And <laughs> I love Ricky Jackson, man. He just you didn't can kind of see it. I, I, Ricky Jackson, man. After games, he just didn't give a fuck. He would just he just said it, man. You know. 
Yeah. And the, the newspaper was a lot more lively at the time, by the yeah, way. Yeah, well, like, like, the, 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 the Times-Picayune, and, and, and this, and, and look, I'm not one of these people that's like, the good old days were better. The good old days for sports ain't better. Twitter no. and Sunday Ticket, it's just not. Okay, don't even – but the, the Times-Picayune back then, they had Peter Finney, who was really good. Uh, but Peter Finney always wrote his column as if you didn't see the game. So it was always kind of like a game recap of quote. Dave Lagarde was awesome as a Saints column. I loved him as a kid because he was wry and funny and would say things like from the womb to the tomb in 60 minutes. Like it was just <laughs> – like it was just – like he was great. He was like my, my favorite. And then they had Bob Rosler. I think that's how you say his name. He would do his weekly picks column. Uh he oh yeah, was, he was awesome. He had like he had he would do his picks, and he had like Tony and like characters that he would do, and it was great. And the, now, like the columns, they just aren't like they don't do hot takes to stir people up, and they don't try to be funny. You know, I don't know, I don't know. I I feel like I feel like the time I feel like the Times Picayune, their column, and, and even the Advocate to a certain extent, they're neither good. Nick Underhill's the best beat writer the Saints have had in my lifetime, but he doesn't write. Yeah, col- I, but if he doesn't, he doesn't write columns. He does game stuff. You know? Yo, I agree with you. Nick Underhill, uh, he he's almost like a coach writing for you, right? Like he like he's telling you like he'll 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 go in the film room and talk about what's happening, and you get a better understanding of what's going on. I love to read his columns. If you can ask yeah, him to unblock, unblock me on Twitter, me, unblock you, I will. I, Nick Nick he doesn't he 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 doesn't block me, but I noticed like a couple times like in the time he's been he'll like unfollow me and follow me back because I think you know the fun thing about the media and. And this is not like people think that I'm like legit media, and I've heard from people that they get mad that that they I write for WWL, and the Saints read fucking everything, like they do. They have people that their job is to read everything, and they used to have a guy that would come down when I would do Buddy D show, and he would monitor the show. Like he would just sit there, and I'd be like, "Who's that?" They're like, "Oh, that's uh, that's whatever." He he monitors me. And he tells them, he goes up and tells them what I say. So they run, then they get mad at me. But, but like, I'll try to get Nick to unblock you. But I feel like there's like a 20%, 25% chance that in like 10 years, like Nick Underhill's going to be like running a team. Like that dude. But as we digress, so, uh, so, uh, they're, 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 they're in a free fall now. They're nine and four. They go to Dallas and they look awful. But that Dallas is up and coming, by the yeah. way. This Dallas, is like the Dallas of wins, and Dallas, Dallas is nine and five, and and you know that Dallas but, team is they had Daryl Johnson and Emmitt Smith and Troy Aikman, the triplets, all of it. Uh, but it's a good another game, like you say, like the Saints, like Gil Finnerty scores, it's fourteen thirteen. You know, it's like right there, like it's all these games. They're, the Saints, their defense is their front seven is so good that they're like right in it. You know. Yeah. Um. You know, and it's another, you know, it's another weird game where Fred McAfee's putting 90 yards, 71 yards. So, like, they should be, like, they, they just, they're just like, it's it, it, it's driving people nuts because this, you feel like, as a Saints fan, like, you had so much baggage then because they hadn't won a playoff game. They hadn't really been to the playoffs that much except for the twice, you know. So, there's all this, and, and like, they're 9-1. and one, They've lost a month straight. You're like, fuck. They're gonna go. Yep. Not, they're gonna go. Not, they're gonna go nine and seven, Jeff. They're gonna collapse. They're gonna be like the first team in NFL should be nine and one and not be the place. I can't believe this is burning down in front of our eyes. I hate life, you know. <laughs> and, and they're playing. 
the Raiders on Monday Night Football. And, you know, the Raiders, they're good again. And people remember them as the last decade as, like, being a joke. But, man, in the 80s and 90s, the Raiders were the kings of fucking Monday Night Football. Like, you just didn't want to play them. on. They would, they would kick people's ass on Monday Night Football. They had the miracle comeback against the Saints in 79 where the Saints are up 35 to 14 at half and lose. You know? So, like... The doom and gloom when they were facing the Raiders at nine and five, like it's hard to put it into words, but it was like dark, you know. And then, and then, and then, is that Bobby Abear's music? I hear. Yeah, it is. Oh my God, that's Bobby Abear's music. You know, and Bobby Abear comes back, and the, the Raiders have Art Shell, and Art Shell was my favorite because he would just look like he was just always confused. Like Art Shell, he looked like, "Where's my soup? I, I got to take my soup at four and get to bed by five. You know, um, so, <laughs> so, you know. But the Saints come out, and I the personal story there. I had a French exam on Tuesday. And I knew that I needed like an 85 to pass that French exam where I'm failing French. And I was like, there's no way that's fucking happening. So I just like blocked it out. I'm like, I'm going to the game. I couldn't drink because I was a teenager, but I was like, I'm just going to block it out and just pretend like it's not going to be. And that's a good thing. Like I can compartmentalize in life. I went to that game, had a blast. And then I got home like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fail French. Fuck. But, but it's worth it. You know, I'm drunk when I'm talking about my 15 year old old French. But that game, the Saints just like crushed. And and, and the Saints, like, the the capper was like Brett Maxey intercepts um, Jay Schrader and runs it back. And it's 27 nothing. And you're like, fucking A. Everything's going to be okay. And this is. This is not it might not be Abear's like best performance ever but this is his greatest moment. Yeah. Like I mean like, he, he he throws for 320 yards. Uh like he like he kind of steps in and uh everything just feels like it's back to like yeah. we're back on track. Fun, and fun. the whole everybody's excited about it and uh, I like here's here is Ricky Jackson's quote after the game because this is uh, this is this is brilliant. This is Ricky Jackson Bobby is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He is in the Joe Montana class. Uh, everybody here knows it, and that is the key to everything. He's so, not. He's like, not wrong about the key to everything. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's not totally wrong, Jeff. He wasn't totally wrong. No, he wasn't wrong. But it's just. It's. It's. It's almost. Yeah, it's funny to think about. But. But that's how much that they. You know, that's he was. That's how much Bobby Abraham meant to the to that team. You know, that reminds me of the the Roman Harper quote after that Monday night game. That's that that uh, that that thir- I think it was a Thursday night game where the Saints played Atlanta and Drew Brees threw like five picks and his like forty something game in a row with a touchdown ended. Roman Harper after the game was like, Drew Brees, he's everything to us, man. We didn't do a good enough job. He can throw. A hundred picks. I don't give a fuck. We 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 need as a defense. We need to do a better job. And I was like, because that's what you need. You, the quarterback, he doesn't have to be the best player in your team, but he's got to be the leader of your team in a weird way. But but my favorite thing from this game, Jeff, Raiders, one hundred and seventeen yards, forty six passing net yards. Just mm-hmm. you know, two of like that defense. Like that defense, they would chew up good quarterbacks. But bad quarterbacks, it, they would just like, 
they would like break. It was like they were like Drago. Like I will break him. You know. Yeah. And deep. like we totaled up their sacks earlier, but there were these games where they had like five sacks and six sacks, and it's I just would, like. I would oh, love to know. Like, I, yeah, I would love to know like the hits. Right, because that's different too. Like you can hit the shit out of the quarterback in the nineties. Yeah. Like people aren't gonna like throw a flag on you for coming and smacking them in the head. Like th- that's why they intercepted so many passes. Yeah. It's uh they beat the crap out of people. You you were dead by the time you finished this, uh, playing against this defense. So the Saints go to Phoenix, then Phoenix Cardinals, and the Saints <laughs> need to win, and Atlanta needs to lose. I believe that yep. last game for them to win the division, and uh. The Saints, they curb stomped Arizona. Uh, they just like took took care of business. Uh, you know, um, I'm trying to think. St- Stan Gelbaugh, who won a World Football League title with the London Monarchs. God, I my my teenage years were pathetic, Jeff. I mean, right? No, wasn't, I, I wasn't a girl in sight, but I was watching. I was watching the world, the NFL Europe on USA Channel. Well, we used to call the We Laugh. Yeah, and I watched it all the time. I loved it. They had the quarterback cam. It was great. Chris Chandler was playing for Phoenix then, which was interesting. Uh, I guess maybe a, a different one, but you know, they. I mean, the thing I remember about that was like how happy they were. Like Jim Moore was like, you don't need to wear a suit and tie uh, on the plane ride home. Wear the champ, the, the like the NFC West, the NFC uh, West champion shirt. Like, Oh wait, I have a quote for you for, I have a story about Jim Moore from the end of that game. Hang on. I'm going to find it. Uh, shit. Go ahead and talk. I'll, no, I'll find it. So, you know, that was a bit, I mean, it was a, I, I, I think they had like, like two or 3000 people meet him at the airport. Maybe more like, like it was a, like the Saints have won a division title. Like it was like huge deal. I remember like buddy D he yeah. was, he was like emotion, like emotional. Like it was on the W like it. And of course, like it leads the news and it's pandemonium. Like it was, it was phenomenal. Like I bought the t-shirt. I bought the hat. I bought it all, man. I still, but, got- so I, I still have the, uh, the front page from that, that week. And, you know, obviously they're plastered all over the front page, but you go through, uh, you know, section a, and there's a little blurb in here. And this is, this is like peak Jim Moore to me. This is Jim Moore's <laughs> personality. Uh, so this story says, the headline is, <clears throat> it's Moore says no to champagne. And it says, Saints coach Jim Moore politely declined two cases of champagne from an Atlanta businessman after his, uh, you know, after the win. Uh, after the game, the delivery person uh, tried to deliver two cases of Moet Chandon champagne worth about $700. Ooh, and man. the champagne was a gift from uh, Jerome Stewart, who owns uh, Fat Tuesday Inc., which is uh, New Orleans original daiquiris. Um, anyway, Moore turned him down. Moore surprised when uh, the guy appeared at the door. He's, he's like screaming. He's like, I, I, I didn't order any champagne. <laughs> That's a good point. Who was bring this here? Who was this? Whatever. I'm not paying for it. They won't allow me to have the champagne in here. <laughs> and this is like a moment of glory. Peak Moore up. Champagne? Champagne? <laughs> You want to talk about champagne? Uh, this is going off the rest. So the Saints are eleven and five, and they're playing in the playoffs Saturday game. But their secondary is devastated. Like their 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 corners are done. This is how bad it was for the Saints. They signed Milton Mack on a Wednesday 
as my cat Milton goes. Milton Mack. Milton They signed Milton Mack on a Wednesday. He started that playoff game against a team that was doing the – they they called it the red gun, but it was the run and shoot four wides. Um, and it was just a terrible – It like it was the worst possible draw for the Saints. The Saints probably would have been better off playing Dallas. I know as crazy as that sounds, like it was a terrible – matchup for the Saints. But in the game the, the the Atlanta had Andre Risen and Michael Haynes and uh I'm trying to think uh Eric Pegram was Mike Pritchett was a guy who caught up they they had they had a nice little offense there. And Jerry Glanville with the coach and he wore all the black and they had all the celebrities and they would like Atlanta was very hateable for like a teenage boy that I was. But the Saints they jumped out Jeff to ten nothing lead. You're feeling good and uh, then it kind of went off the rails. Yeah, uh, they, you know, and it's like you said, the, the secondary was shot. Um, yeah. they, they had lost. I mean, their starting cornerbacks at the beginning of the year were Vince Buck and Toy Cook, and they were both gone. Yeah. And uh, they were down to, like, Mark Lee, who they picked up off the street, and uh, you know Milton Mack, who couldn't cover anybody. Milton Mack. By the way, it was one on one with Michael Haynes the on the play that basically decided the game. In the overtime, uh, yeah, Michael Haynes caught it, did a hitch, and was gone. Yeah, I mean it wasn't it wasn't overtime this time, but he it was a sixty yard touchdown with yeah. like I don't know a few the, minutes. The key moment in that game was the Saints were up ten nothing and they were driving, and they were about to go up seventeen to nothing, and A Bear threw a, a, a interception in the end zone to Dion. Oh, I remember this. Dion interfered on that fucking play. Yeah, and I mean he that was grabbed that... Wesley Carroll's fucking jersey from the back and she pulled him towards. And that was yeah. a. Oh, I'm yeah. still pissed about yeah. that today. That's that that to me is like that play and the Vince the the play where they said that Vince Buck was off sides in the Chicago playoff game. Oh, those God. are two plays that just have to drive Jim Moore nuts. Because look, I'm a hundred percent convinced. They call a penalty on that play. The Saints get first and goal at the one. They punch it in. It's seventeen nothing. I don't give a shit what the Saints have in the secondary. When they're up seventeen to nothing against Atlanta, they would have mur- they would have mauled- they would have put Chris Miller in the morgue. Like and they'd have won <laughs> and they'd have won and and it would been you know, the thing is if Jim Moore would have just won one playoff game, Jeff, we'd We'd have I have warm feelings for Jim Moore in the '90s team because I look at them and I'm like they didn't have a running back and they wanted to run the ball and they had a lot of things working against them. It wasn't just Carl Smith being terrible. So I have a warm spot, but I think more fans would have a warm spot for Jim Moore if he'd have won one playoff game. You know? Yeah, it's just that he was constitutionally incapable of doing it. Yeah, like just he couldn't do it. Making the aggressive decisions to to win these games, yep. he always opted for the like the 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 fine. Let's go. Let's let's just wait till they beat us. Maybe they won't beat us, but let's wait and see if they beat us. And you know, like nine times out of ten in the playoff game, like they're gonna find a way to beat you. You know, and that's and, th- and that's the yeah. thing that I bringing it back to modern state. Like I, that's the thing I love about Sean Payton. Like if the Saints are playing Minnesota, let's say opening week, and it's 24-24, and there's 35 seconds left, and the Saints have a timeout, and Minnesota's kicking off, I guarantee you, Sean Payton's not going to be like, Drew, kneel it twice, we're going to overtime. He's going to be like, Drew, get in the fucking shotgun, we have a timeout, we're going down, we're going to kick a field goal. And it might blow up in his face, and Minnesota might pick it off and run it back for a score, but 
Yeah. But Sean Payton is ball he's balls to the wall all the time. And I, I prefer I actually prefer yeah, that. And- Go ahead. I've learned to love it as I've gotten older. As I've gotten older, I've learned to love uh, the way Peyton does the games. You know, like when I was a kid, uh, I was raised on more football, and as much as I hated the way Jim Moore would lose the games for us, uh, I still kind of like I don't know. I believed in that kind of conservative, like let's ram the ball at people and play defense. Yeah. But now I like to have fun. So no, I want I want the Saints to have fun, and that's why this <laughs> this this summer kills me because I. People say I'm doom and I'm negative, but I want to believe and talk and have delusions that the Saints are going to be phenomenal, and I can't do it when three of their top six players are already fucking hurt. God, and you know <laughs> we're just like we're so like we're we're running out of time, running yeah. out of time with window with this team, Man, and uh, you know well, this is this either this year or next if there's a next. Well, I'm but, just, I know we're talking ninety one, ninety two. I'm just going to say, look, nothing in life ends well. Not relationships, <laughs> not relationships, not uh, presidential terms, not anything. Nothing in life ends well, and the Saints with Drew Brees ain't gonna be no different. God, uh, I, am, I am drunk. Um, so I mean, to put a bow on '91, I mean, like that law. Lo- I mean, that loss to Atlanta in the play, like it is brutal. I would say, I would say. I say it might be on it, – it's not on par with San Francisco 2011, but fuck, it's really close. It's just a long time ago, and people have forgotten it. Yeah, yeah, and you know the deciding play was a lot like that San Francisco game. It was a – it was a – it was a zero blitz. Yeah. It was a – it was a yeah, – they, they – through they threw both the safeties and there's even like again i'm reading these sports sections and ricky jackson is criticizing that play <laughs> after the game where he's like yeah we don't usually blitz in that situation but they did and it burned them and it burned them because they had no corners left and ah god it's frustrating it's frustrating to think about and it's frustrating because it was the goddamn falcons and this season has so many goddamn themes it's got uh, you know, it's got the you know the first championship. It's got that brutality that we talked about. I forgot. Got, I, go ahead. I, I we forgot one you, thing. Okay, but it's also got the Atlanta Falcons yeah. all through three goddamn Falcons games, and the the last one is the worst one. But yeah. Anyway, say what you were going to say. Rob. I was going to say we totally forgot about Cha-Ching. Yeah. Oh God, Cha-Ching is in this. The, Cha-Ching. So, Cha-ching. Cha-ching. Explain to people okay. what Cha-ching was, Jeff, for the youngest. So there was, this, there was this idiot commercial for rallies slash checkers, depending on what with region. Seth Green. With Seth Green of, like, you know, Robot Chicken and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. He's a famous actor now. But this was his first break. Yeah. Uh, as, uh, you know, a fast food guy who's ripping you off. Uh, saying cha-ching every time you order french fries or something. Yeah. This, this slogan became like such a catchphrase uh, with Saints fans because Saints fans will latch on to whatever. It's like, That's what I love about winning seasons. Like you never know what it's going to be. It could be cha-ching. It could be the yin-yang twins. Like when you have those great winning years, like you never know like what – and New Orleans is extra weird for that. Like you never know like what the fuck's it going to be. Like the Saints could go 11-5 and five this year and it could be – the blue dog. Like, you don't know what the fuck it could be that Saints fans decide is, like, the theme of the year. 
Right. And in this year, so so there's the Raiders game. The Raiders game on Monday night when Bobby Abair won saved the day for everybody. They brought Seth Green into town. Oh, it was the, it was then. It wasn't the playoff game. You're right. It was month. It was it, the month. Yeah, they they flew Seth Green in. Like, they brought him in to perform <laughs> this stupid fucking commercial at halftime, and people ate it up. Like he was in New Orleans, and this is again not a famous <laughs> actor at the time, but like. He was a celebrity all everywhere he went. Oh, look, it's the Cha-Ching guy. Yeah, and he if, he 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 was on like Jimmy Fallon or somewhere, and they were talking about his big break, and they played the Cha-Ching commercial to like you know make fun of him and like ha ha ha, that's your big break. And he was like, dude, that was so big. I I went like the New Orleans like they flew me down, and I like redid it at <laughs> halftime because it was their team slogan or whatever the fuck and he like and, and like the, the 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 announcer like the jimmy founder didn't really get it and i was like oh my god it's fucking cha-ching man we all know what cha-ching is yeah and you know the other thing that uh, struck me about this is that uh at the same time uh the falcons were uh this is when Deion sanders was like becoming a big uh, a big star and they had uh he was friends with mc hammer yeah and mc hammer on the sidelines uh. at every game and so so like there's this competing like idiotic pop culture shit between the saints with their cha-ching and the falcons with the two legit <laughs> oh, quit. and it's just like for whatever reason it's the yin and yang you know like the like we're both stupid um, but like in an amusing way, I guess. Yeah, like Atlanta wasn't even like, and and the thing is, like that Glanville year was like, uh, like a like a comet across the sky. Like Glanville, yeah. they were they, Glanville was never any. They weren't even close to that ever again. And they won. They they got to eleven. Like they beat. I want to say they they won like two games on like hail marys, which is a theme for Atlanta. Like they beat the saints with hail marys and shit but that like that team like like that just thinking of that that game depresses me still but it wasn't as depressing as 92 maybe maybe the philadelphia i mean we're not going to go game by game for 92 but the 92 saints their defense was just as good you know um and they they allowed 202 points, which I think was a record at the time. They were number one in points allowed. They allowed 12 and a half points a game, Jeff. 12 and a half points a fucking game. Yeah. yeah. I mean. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at these numbers right now. And it was funny about both of these years is that as much as we like bag on the offense, like the offense is middle of the pack both of these years. Yeah. Like they're like 15 and, and 14 or whatever. Yeah. Like. You would think statistically that yeah. that's enough to get it done, but you it would, isn't because of the stupid things that they do in when it, in crunch time. But yeah, the the um, the uh, th- that year they 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 really the Saints were 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 so good. I mean that team they were twelve and four, um, and of course San Francisco. Gets their act together and and go like fourteen and two, I think. Um, right. You know, so like any other year, like you're getting twelve and four. You're win- or you're, you're in any other division. They're at twelve and four. They're winning. They're getting a home game. I mean, you know, that game. Their losses. They lost the first game to Philadelphia, fifteen to thirteen. They 
lost to San Francisco 16-10. They lost to San Francisco 21-20 in a brutal game at home. And they lost to Buffalo, who was a Super Bowl team, 20-16, you know? Right. Um, but everyone else, they kind of, I mean, they curb. I mean, you look at the games. Yeah, they had their normal 10-6, to 13-7 over Detroit. But they had a lot of games, man, where they, like, they scored 30 you know they won. They beat the. They they had this weird stretch where they played, um, Washington on a Monday, Miami on a Sunday, Atlanta on a Thursday, and won them all. You know, you don't see that anymore. No, and um, what's you know the difference is that this team didn't have all the injury problems that the mm-hmm. the ninety one team had. And I mean, they were a better team, and but they were the same team mostly. But they were, they just had it all together a little bit more. Yeah, and they, the thing was, they they drafted Von Dunbar, and Von Dunbar was a miss. He was terrible. He ran, yeah. Buddy D used to say he ran to darkness. <laughs> you know? He did. He ran up people's butts. Like he would, he's like, he would find where the where the pile is and jam his face into it. That's yeah. what I remember. He was, he was just, he had no elusive and, and, and like they picked them and just, it was, you know, so they, they're, they're 12 and four and they're playing a Philadelphia team who's 11 and five. And it's just like two really good teams, you know, and that was like Randall Cunningham at his peak. And, um, you know, this game, the thing I remember about this game is like Randall Cunningham just p- pulled plays out of his ass. You know, he hit Fred Barnett for 57. He hit Fred Barnett for 35. And, um, you know, it just, it was, you know, go ahead. What what I remember about that game is that it it was, it was two halves. Um, it felt really great in the first half. I think the saints went up like 20 to three, 20 to seven, something like that. We used to, the second half was all about watching that. Collapse. Just holding on by your fingernails and watching it collapse. I remember we used to go. My dad was in the civil. Got my dad, God rest his soul, was in the Civil Air Patrol, and he was really big in the Civil Air. And he had a and he had a friend, uh, Jerry, who was he was Jewish, and everybody call, affectionately called him Jerry the Jew. And he gambled a lot, and he was he had season tickets with us, and he would go to all the games. And I remember at halftime at twenty to seven, him and people were like. We're going to Dallas. We are going to Dallas. We're going on a road trip. We're going to Dallas. We're going to whip Pro Eggman's ass. And he's and, and, and like people are like planning trips, and it is like a party. And my mom is like, "You don't plan the trip with the Saints at halftime. This is bad, <laughs> you know." And uh, she's like, "Jerry, you need to calm down." And uh, Jerry's like, "No, we're going to win. We're going to Dallas." And uh, <laughs> Because he's like he's, he's like Jewish, but he's from Baton Rouge. So he has this like Southern accent. He's like I I love Jerry the Jew. Side note: I locked myself out of the of an apartment in Baton Rouge when it was like five degrees in Baton Rouge. I had to walk to the time saver, call Jerry on a payphone, and he had to bring uh, an axe and chop open my door in my apartment what? to let me back in. Yeah, at LSU, <laughs> like we like like it was so cold when we got back from the basketball game. Uh, that LSU, they lost to Kentucky, and they gave up, like, Kentucky had, like, 90 at halftime. But, like, the, it was so frozen, like, the lock, when, when my, my roommate, when he turned the key, it broke. So it just, like, spun in a circle. So we were fucked. Okay. So we had to, like, go to Time Saver and call Jerry and, like, Jerry come in. So he, like, brought an axe and literally, like, 
chop the door open. Like, I love Jerry. Also, I mean, time saver existed back then. Yeah, I think it was time saver. I think it was time. It might have been. It's in time. It's a, the 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 gas station in Tigerland. Uh, but, but that's Tiger Tiger Plaza. They have the the they have the car wash and they have the convenience store. Whatever the convenience store was, that's where I had to go and call Jerry on the payphone. Yeah. So, right. um, so yeah, this game they're up twenty to seven, and then it just comes apart. You know, it's like twenty to ten, and then it's like third down, and like they hit Fred Barnett on a on a long pass to make it twenty to seventeen, and um, and I remember it was twenty four to twenty. And I, 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 there's weird things about the Saints that I can remember like vividly in games, you know, um, uh-huh. and like one of them was this game. They're down like 24-20 and, and Philadelphia is driving. And my mom, she always, she loves Saints players that like create turnovers. Like Sammy Knight, she had a Sammy Knight jersey because Sammy Knight could create turnovers. And she had this belief. I have a Sammy Knight jersey, she, bro. Yeah. She has this belief. She had this belief that Ricky Jackson – Whenever the Saints need it, could conjure up a turnover, right? Okay. And he blitzed, and he sacked Randall Cunningham, and, he, and Randall Cunningham fumbled, and the Saints got the ball at, like, the Philadelphia 40. And we're like, yes, they're going to go in and score, and they're going to win this. And it's three and out, and they punt. And you're like, fuck. You know? And uh, we got so mad, like, like Aaron, and then Eric Allen, like, just to like rub salt in the wound, like gets a pick and like it's thirty six twenty, and it just like it completely collapses. And like I don't know how you felt, but like wa- walking out of the stadium, like you knew that it was a, you knew the Jim Mora era. It was it was it was over. It, it did feel like that, and that was like um, you know it also felt like in the second half of that game that A Bear kind of fell apart. You yeah, know, he did. and and um, and I was always I was never an A Bear like these. A lot of people were on A Bear's case all the time. You know, he wasn't Drew Brees. He was more like uh, he was a Joe Flacco. Like if, if we had Twitter today, people would be all like, you know, is a bear an elite quarterback yeah. every, all day? But, uh, you know, he was OK. And I always rooted for him. But like he was I had, streaky. You know, he was streaky. Yeah. Man. When he would go bad, he would go bad. And he would get you beat. And yeah. this is a game that he got you beat. And this is a you know when they needed him to like you know turn it on. He like he threw a he threw the pick six to Allen, and I think he like he just he kind of blew it at the end. It wasn't all on him, obviously, but that's you're you're right. This is where like it ended. It ended yeah. for this team. It, it's kind of a like this is this team that you know I know you and I kind of remember very fondly because uh, not only were they like. You know, I think the first Saints team that I really fell in love with just because of my age at the time, but also like, you know, think about this. This is a, they had their, their best running back was from LSU. Yeah. Uh, their best, best receiver was from LSU. And their quarterback was a Cajun. Like yeah. how, like how yeah. likely is that ever to happen? It's you know? the Saintsiest team. It's the most Saintsiest team ever. You know? Right. And you, you don't like appreciate that. Gil Fennerty was from Jesuit. Buford Jordan, right, no. you know, yeah. So, so like that's a that's a bunch of guys that you kind of want you you really root for, and it was like, I don't know, you, you, at a time like this was the like I, this, it feels innocent to us because we were young, but like it is kind of like a more insular New Orleans at the time. Yeah, it's and not- uh, and this was the perfect team. For, yeah, and you the, know? the thing was with the, you look at Bobby Abert, Bobby Abert never threw more than twenty touchdowns as a Saint. He only, yeah. he only threw he only threw more than fifteen twice, you know. Um, 
that he's on the 50th anniversary team and Aaron Brooks is not is a crime. But <laughs> but I won't get into That's that. Another That's another podcast, maybe. So right. I mean, but this team, I I feel like this it it was that that those linebackers. I mean, you can look. They have a um, they have a they have a thing you can you can go on YouTube. And it's from nineteen eight. It's not from ninety eight, ninety one, or ninety two, but it's from nineteen eighty seven. And it's uh, Google Saints Pitts Saints Steelers nineteen eighty seven, and it's like four minutes. And it's this goal line stand where Pittsburgh is down by like five, and they need to score, and they have like first and goal at the one and a half, and they run four plays, and they don't get in, and it's like. Everything you love about the Dome Patrol in four plays. It's like, first down they run, Vaughn Johnson obliterates the running back. Second down they run, Ricky Jackson makes a tremendous play in pass coverage. Third down they run, uh, it's Sam Mills again. Fourth down, Sam Mills is in there and it's just like he nails it and they win. They take a safety and they win. And they clinch. That was the game they clinched their first winning season. So that's why it's sort of historic and why I bring it up, but go to YouTube and Google. It's awesome. Uh, and it's just that, that those linebackers, they were so awesome. And I feel like we've been at this for 90 minutes, but I, so it wouldn't be uh, a Saints happy hour podcast without technical difficulty. So we just had a meltdown, but it's all there, Jeff. I swear to God, I've kept you. I told you it would be 45 minutes. We're at an hour and 30 people. Thank if you. Posterity is, uh, yeah. yeah. If, if people, if you don't love this, podcast that I don't know what to tell you. You 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 wasted your $10 donation on drunk history. So, um so as I look at 91 I like I irrationally like I think nostalgia it just I am a very nostalgic person. So it just like washes over me. I admit that. Like I I I love history. I I love the, these old Saints teams and and I for, forgive their flaws. Um but I mean the, I feel like when I look back at it, and we said this earlier, I feel like ni- 92 really wasn't the year for them because Dallas became a juggernaut and San Francisco had Steve Young. And all that. Yeah. 91 was the team. Like 91 was the team that could have done, should have gone and done deeper things. Like if you, you, you might be right with, by, about that. And, and uh, I mean, I won't, I won't argue with you about it. I, I kind of, I've always had it in my mind that 1990 was, but that's be- just because they had a bear sitting out the whole season. Yeah. But you know, come to think of it, uh, Frank Warren was suspended that whole year. Uh, they had other problems, and uh, you know, '91. If they had not experienced all the injuries that they had, and they kept it together, yeah, uh, yeah you can see how dominant they were in the first half of the season. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that that might have been their year. Yeah, you know, and the thing is. Um, you know, we didn't realize at the time the best offense Jim Moore ever had was '87. <laughs> you know, and that's it. What's that? You know, they were second. I said, isn't that some shit? Thing? They were second in points in '87. You know, they averaged twenty-eight. Yeah. A ga- they averaged twenty-eight a game, which is like Drew Brees type territory. You know, they had um. Ruben Mays had 900 yards. Dalton Hilliard had 500 yards. I mean, that team, that team was good and could score. Um, you know, uh, 
And one thing that that the the that really fucked them was they lost Mel Gray in Plan B, and that they let that happen is is one of the underrated sins because Jim Mora he wanted to play defense, he wanted to run the ball, and he wanted to have awesome awesome special teams. He had awesome he had an awesome kicker with Morton Anderson, but he but when they lost Mel Gray, he was like unbelievable return guy. Yeah, and I mean, he made a lot of things like he made up for a lot of things, and also those that eighty seventeen scored on special teams in weird ways too. If I remember Dude, correctly, they, they like blocked kicks and shit. They blocked, yeah, they blocked nine kicks in fifteen <laughs> games. They were blocking a kick every other week. They were the Doppler ganger. Uh, they were the bizarro twenty sixteen Saints, where the twenty sixteen Saints were having a kick block. Right. Yeah, eventually it comes back, I guess. So, Jeff, like the 91, like it's, it's, it's so we, I, I love, I love the 91, 92 Saints. And I, like, I don't even, I don't even hate them because they didn't win a playoff game. I feel like. Hey, I'll tell you what I think. It's, it's, it, it makes. Everything that we've gone through in the last decade, all the more sweeter. Yeah. Like, it's like, uh, you know, I mean, I, I guess, like, at the time, I remember, like, the older people, like, telling me, oh, yeah, you don't even know what it was like watching the Saints in the 60s and the 70s, when, they, you know, there was just everything was hopeless, and John Meekin was an asshole, and, <laughs> you know, everything was, like, just doom and destruction all the time. And, like, I, you know, we thought we were spoiled, and yet, you know, we were constantly frustrated by these playoff losses and the fact that we never got over the hump. And then to come to, you know, jump to post-Katrina times in the, in the you know, the, the Peyton era where we, they actually made it to the promised land and actually did the thing that nobody thought they would ever do. Like, you, you experienced that on, like, a higher level. Yeah. Have died the deaths of watching the Moore era Saints. I, I remember you know. one of my, you know, I love the 2010 Saints. And I know people remember Beast, Quake, and all that horribleness at the end. But I love 2010 because I felt like t- when, when they won the Super Bowl in 2009, like all the baggage of the Saints are going to blow it. It's never going to go your way. It was all gone. After, in 2010, 2010's team was really like an 8-8 eight and eight team. That went eleven and five on sheer like we're the fucking champions. We got Drew Brees. We're winning this game. They won like a ton of close games, and I remember, remember they played on. Uh, Jeff, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, do you remember when they when they uh, when they played on Thanksgiving? You know. Uh, yes. They played on Thanksgiving, right? And they played Dallas. And they were in the process of blowing it, right? And they, um, all my relatives were like, it's the same old Saints, they're going to fucking blow it. And I'm like, what do you mean the same old Saints? You mean the world fucking champion Saints? They're going to win this fucking <laughs> game. And they come back and they win it, and I'm like, there you go. You know, and it was all because, yeah. you know, and it was all because of the 91 team, you know? And... And my like, I can tell you this: my attitude is completely yeah. different nowadays than it was back then. Yeah, I mean, I, I with Breeze, I believe, but like, 
I don't know. The final the the final thing on the on the on the on the two thousand on the two thousand Saints, I guess, is what are like I mean on the two thousand is like I love them and their defense was historic and just because they didn't win any playoff games doesn't make them less awesome. And I love them Put Jim Moore's name up on the Superdome and take Jim Finks down. That's my final thought. Your final thought, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100 percent on that. And then, you know, th- there's a there's a uh, the, Jim Moore is kind of like there's yeah. a whole media thing with him. But yeah, I agree with you. I think that uh, you know he he did like the best he could with that group, and Jim Finks kind of like was the problem for the I'm drunk as shit, Ralph. I'm drunk as shit too. I hope this is recording the levels look whack. But anyway. <laughs> so anyway, Jeff, aka Skooks, I appreciate this so much. Uh this was awesome. You gave me like twice the time that I told you it would take. Uh I'm gonna edit this now because I love it. And thanks to everybody for donating. Uh I love this so much. I don't know. Like, I may, like, post it right now. Anyway, you know him. He's fucking Skooks. Go to Library Chronicles. It's awesome. Uh, anyway, uh, until next time, Drunk Saints History is the best. Thanks to all of our Saints Happy Hour listeners whose donations made Drunk Saints History possible. Until next time, remember, surviving Saints History is hard. That's why God made alcohol.